the department, as well as uh, our <clears throat> staff and the interested parties. Without any, <clears throat> any further delays, um, are there any apologies? Good morning, good morning, honorable members and our guests. I received the following apology, Mr. Lorima. He is not attending the meeting today and also the minister chair. Those are the apologies I received for today. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Without uh, any further delays, please, <clears throat> please bear with my apology. I'm using the, the phone. Um, I forgot my, uh, my 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 other gadgets. So, but also there is a network challenge where I am. Uh, I wanted just to show my face. I will take off the camera <clears throat> just to reinforce the 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 network. Uh, please indicate if I'm not audible enough for the sake of the meeting because I may not hear myself that I'm not audible. But uh, Ari and Ayanda, can you flag the agenda? Uh, Recording in progress. We, so we've done with the... Uh, there is a the briefing by uh, DMR on um, uh, what is this thing to I just say on the international treaty amendments on the international treaty on um, what do you call this thing nuclear materials convention on physical protection of nuclear materials uh, then uh, we will have follow-up they will have questions of clarity as well as um uh, yes um and if it uh, takes shorter it will be uh, up to us can I give, I'm not sure who's leading the delegation. Uh, I hope is the DM not in the meeting so that I don't overlook her. Uh, or the one who's leading the delegation from the department. Can we give, uh, can I give to the department then? Good morning, Chair and Honorable Members. Uh, it's uh, Ziza Melembambo from the department. Chair, I would uh, lead the delegation. Thank you very much. And uh, would like to tender the apology for the DG who's on leave. Continue, the power is in your hands. Thank you, uh, uh, Honorable Chair. Uh, I'm with the team from the department, uh, who Chief Director Elsie Monale, who's in charge of the nuclear non-proliferation and radiation security, and the director, who, Dr. Mahamba, who's in charge of uh, 
nuclear security. Dr. Mahamba would, uh, with your agreement, Chair, share the presentation for the department. May I request Dr. Mahamba to share the presentation? Mr. Mbambu, we're still struggling with the connection. I don't know, we just uh, uh, got a cut out from our system. We're still struggling to join. Okay. Sorry, he already joined. I just accepted him and gave him the hosting rights. Thank you. Dr. Mahamba, are you able to share the presentation?
move to the next slide. The presentation layout, uh, honorable members, will deal with the purpose, will deal with the background on the Convention on Physical Protection of Nuclear Material, the CPPNM. We'll talk about the new obligations on the amended CPPNM, the strategic importance of the CPPNM, the status on the ratification of the CPPNM, the implementation plan, the risk and mitigation, the consultation, and then we'll close with the recommendations. The purpose of the presentation is to appraise the Portfolio Committee on Mineral Resources and Energy on the tabling in Parliament, the acceptance and the ratification of the amendment to the Convention on the Physical Protection of Nuclear Material, the CPPNM, in terms of Section 231, subsection 2 of the Constitution. We've attached the presentation as the, the amendment as an extra A. And also then uh, to recommend that the Portfolio Committee on Mineral Resources and Energy support the acceptance and the ratification of the amendment to the Convention on Physical Protection of Nuclear Material be tabled in Parliament in terms of Section 231, subsection 2 of the Constitution. As a matter of background to the Convention, the Convention on Physical Protection of Nuclear Material, CPPNM, is the only legal binding international undertaking in the area of physical protection of nuclear material. The CPPNM was adopted in 1979 and entered into force in 1987. The Convention focuses on the physical protection of nuclear material used for peaceful purposes during international transport with the objective of preventing theft or unauthorized use of nuclear material. Uh, we've attached the, 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 the convention as Annex B to the presentation. The key provisions of the convention cover international transport of nuclear material as well as establishment of a list of offenses that involves the nuclear material. Member states undertake to make these offenses, for instance, the possession, the use or disposal of nuclear material without an authorization punishable under their national law. And these are uh, listed under Article 7 of the original CPPNM. South Africa, uh, signed the CPPNM in May 1981 and ratified it in September 2007. The, as part of the background to the convention, the 9-11 or 11 September 2001 incident for the attack in the US resulted in the following the increased security concerns of large-scale terrorism of nuclear facilities prompted the initiation of the amendment to expand the scope of the convention considering terrorism as a threat to nuclear facilities, 
hence the amendment, hence the amended convention on the physical protection of nuclear material. State parties to the CPPNM adopted by consensus an amendment to the CPPNM to strengthen its provisions on the 8th of July, 2005. Coming to the new obligations for the amended CPPNM, the, amended, the amendment broadens the scope of the CPPNM to also include physical protection requirements for nuclear facilities and nuclear material in domestic use, in domestic use, storage, and uh, transport. Amendment two, the CPPNM provides for expanded cooperation between and among states regarding rapid measures to locate and recover stolen or smuggled nuclear material, mitigate any radiological consequences of sabotage, prevent and combat related offenses. The convention also provides for criminalization of new and ex extended specified acts as in paragraph nine to 10 uh, of the amended uh, convention. For instance, the import or export of nuclear material without authorization, act directed against a nuclear facility or interfering with the operations of a nuclear facility. It provides it provides for the sharing of information on potential and actual attacks on nuclear material and facilities and the provision of assistance if such attacks should occur. It recognizes the right of all states to develop and apply nuclear energy for peaceful purposes and their legitimate interest in the potential benefits to be derived from the peaceful application of nuclear energy. The amendment augments the national security of a state by providing a strengthened international framework, which include the need to implement legislative, regulatory and administrative obligations. Protection of nuclear material is indeed one of the most effective ways of preventing or mitigating the catastrophic consequences that could result from terrorists gaining access to nuclear material. Security of nuclear facilities is also recognized as an important aspect that needs national and global attention. Nuclear safety accidents at nuclear power plants and other nuclear facilities have demonstrated that the environmental and economic impact of this accident can be severe. Protection of nuclear material and facilities involves a broad range of activities on the international level, as well as in individual countries. International law recognizes that each state has a responsibility for implementing these measures and for providing adequate protection 
for the material in its possession. At the same time, the international community has established a set of international arrangements that helps to create and maintain international secure, nuclear security regime, hence the importance of ratifying the amended CPPNM. It is important to note that international community support the universalization of the amendment to the CPPNM, which is regarded as an important step towards making the world more secure by providing assurance that same level of physical protection is applied throughout the world. It is recommended that South Africa accept the amended CPPNM to affirm its commitment to providing adequate protection for the nuclear facilities within the Republic and nuclear materials in domestic use, storage and transport to enable the Republic of South Africa to continue its effort in securing supply of energy through the diversification of energy sources as envisaged in the IRP. This will in part entail allowing the Republic of South Africa to maintain cooperative relations, relationships with nuclear material supplier states that are party to the amended CPPNM and uh, to give assurance to the international community regarding the level of physical protection measures as stipulated in the convention and enable the Republic of South Africa to continue to participate in international engagements on nuclear security. Coming to the status on the ratification of the amended CPPNM, the amended convention entered into force in May 2016. In order for the amended convention to become binding to the Republic, section 231 subsection 2 of the constitution require that it be approved by parliament. The department presented the amended convention to the cabinet on the 14th September 2021. The cabinet granted approval for the amended convention to be presented to parliament in terms of section 231 subsection 2 of the constitution. The process to table the amended convention in parliament was not concluded during the fifth parliament and requires that the presentation should be made to the sixth parliament to finalize the ratification process. It is therefore critical to table to parliament for consideration, the acceptance and ratification of the amendment to the convention on physical protection of nuclear material. In, next slide. In terms of the implementation plan, the provisions of the amendment to the CPPNM will be implemented in accordance with the legislative process as stipulated in the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa. The implementation of the amended CPPNM provision will be in accordance with the following. 
the National Nuclear Energy Act 1999, Act number 46 of 1999, the National Nuclear Regulator Act 1999, Act number 47 of 1999, the National Key Point Act of 1980, Act number two of 1980, the Protection of Information Act of 1982, Act number 84 of 1982, the National Strategic Intelligence Act of 1999, Act number 39 of 1994, the Protection of Constitutional Democracy Against Terrorist and Related Activities Act of 2004, Act number 33 of 2004, the Minimum Information Security Standard Document and the Design Basis Threat in any other relevant legislation. Next slide. In relation to the risk and risk mitigation, not ratifying the amended convention will result in the following. South Africa will not be contributing to the priority seven of the MTSF 2008. 19 to 2024. That is a better Africa for all, which is aimed at promoting regional, global integration and improve peace, security and stability on the continent. The convention provides for cooperation between and among states to implement rapid measures to locate missing nuclear material and addressing consequences of radiological release. South Africa will not be contributing to priority number two of the MTSF 2019 to 2024, that is economic transformation and job creation, which is to secure supply of energy. Failure to ratify the amended convention can be limiting as the suppliers of nuclear material may decide to do business with only state parties to the amended CPPNM, which will affect diversification of energy sources as envisaged in the IRP. Nuclear security is becoming a prerequisite for cooperation in peaceful use of nuclear energy science and technology. Individual supplier states may not supply the Republic of South Africa with nuclear material or equipment, including fuel, based on the fact that the Republic of South Africa has not ratified the amended CPPNN. Current nuclear installations such as Quebec Nuclear Power Station, the nuclear technology product, the NDP, South African Fundamental Atomic Reactor Installation Safari, one, rely on imported raw material and may not have access to such for operations. Also, the new envisaged nuclear installations, such as the multi-purpose reactor, the MPR, the nuclear new build program, the NPP, the central interim storage facilities, SIFs, may be Im impacted. This will, have the this will negatively impact the Republic of South Africa's economy. If a member state does not uh, accede to the amended convention, 
it could be limited from participating in the CPPNM review conferences and other nuclear security events. To mitigate the risk, it is crucial for South Africa, for the Republic of South Africa to ratify the amended CPPNM. In as far as the consultation is concerned, the amended CPPNM was submitted to both the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development, the Office of the Chief State Law Advisor, and DERCO, Office of the Chief State Law Advisors International Law, for advice. Both departments confirmed that the provisions of the amended convention are consistent with domestic laws of the Republic of South Africa and international laws. The department collaborated with other key stakeholders on matters of uh, nuclear security. In terms of the recommendations to the Honorable uh, Committee, it is recommended that the Portfolio Committee on Mineral Resources and Energy note that the amended CPPNM was submitted to both the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development, Office of the Chief State Law Advisor, and DERCO, Office of Chief State Law Advisors, International Law for Advice. Both departments confirmed that the provisions of the amended convention are consistent with the domestic laws of the Republic of South Africa and international laws. It is also recommended that the committee note that cabinet approved the amended convention to be tabled in parliament in terms of section 231 subsection two of the constitution. It is also recommended that the committee support the acceptance and ratification of the amendment to the convention on physical protection of nuclear material be tabled in parliament in terms of section 231, subsection 2 of the Constitution. I thank you. Honorable Chair, may, may I then uh, hand over to you? Back to you. I thought you were going to deal with the amendments as proposed also, or you would think your presentation is enough. Thank you, Chair. Yes, we believe that the presentation is enough. It covers uh, the key issues that relate to the amendment. We had also uh, submitted as an annexure A the amendments to the convention, which is quite a, a comprehensive document. But what we've sought to do with this presentation was to cover the key points around the amendments and the other exhaustive list of issues are contained within that uh, annexure A, which is a, a, an amendment to the convention. And then also we had uh, uh, submitted the original convention, which is annexure B of the presentation as a document that covers a, a, a holistic list of the original uh, articles of the original convention. Chair, I will take guidance from you. 
Okay. Okay. No, it's fine. Uh, except if honorable members have got uh, a take. Uh, honorable members, are there any questions of clarity or comments? Chair, I can't seem to raise my hand. Um, I can't see your hand. Yeah, I can't raise okay. it. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, there's uh, Honorable uh, Mailem, then Honorable Malinga. Is there any other hand? Honorable Matogwe. Yes. Any other hand? Okay, it's going to be honorable. I will come after Honorable Matogwe. It's going to be Honorable Mailem, Honorable Malinga, and then Honorable Matogwe. In that order. Thank you, Chairperson, and uh, good morning to everybody. Uh, and I'd, I'd really like to thank the department for bringing this to our attention. Uh, Chairperson, I have a couple of concerns. The first is uh, uh, something that, that has bothered me for a while now, and that is the length of time it takes to bring these international treaties to the committee for, for consideration and uh, to, to Parliament for ratification. You know, this treaty was signed in 2016, or this amendment was signed in 2016, and we're now considering it six years later in 2022. So I think there's got to be a speedier way of of ratifying and adopting these these treaties. And and I would ask that the department look at that and look at what the reasons were for the delay. In fact, maybe they could tell us what the reasons were for the lengthy delay in, um, in bringing that to Parliament. Chairperson, my second concern is in the amendments, it requires that there are legislative and regulatory uh, provisions made for the protection of nuclear materials. And I'd like to know how far uh, we are in terms of actually putting those regulatory and legislative provisions in place um, and, and what timeframe we are looking at in order to be compliant with this treaty. Thank you, Chairperson. Good, good morning, Chairperson. Morning to honorable members, the department led by Uba Bumbambo, our support staff and everybody on the platform. Chairperson, the department needs to be prepared because we had to wait for them to, to fly the presentation. And also that apologies, uh, when the chair calls for apologies, nobody said any apology about the DG, which is a standard procedure that if the DG is, is not present, uh, there will be an acting DG, uh, acting DG so that it, it, is, it gets minuted because we, we really don't know who is acting since the DG is on leave. Chair, let me welcome the presentation by Uba Bumbambo on the amended uh, Convention on Physical Protection of Nuclear. And, and my questions are as follows, Chair. One of the strategic importance of the amended CPPNM is that security of nuclear power plants and nuclear facilities is recognized as an important aspect that requires national attention. Most importantly, Chair, 
The guaranteed security of nuclear power plants and nuclear facilities requires advances in technology, in technology systems and skills. Consider, considering that there is a growing number of highly skilled and experienced nuclear technicians and engineers who are living, who are currently living Kuberg, how will the department ensure that nuclear power plants and facilities are managed by competent people to prevent catastrophic consequences? And how will the department recruit or retain nuclear technicians and engineers, given that there is a worldwide demand of Kuberg's nuclear experts? The second one, Chair, will be the, 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 um, the amendment further broadens the scope of the CPPNM to also include physical protection requirements for nuclear uh, facilities and nuclear material in domestic use, storage and, and transport. Considering that the nuclear, uh, National Nuclear Regulator has not yet issued ESCOM with the license to build and operate a transient interim storage facility to store high level nuclear waste material and that the National uh, Narwadi is yet to build a centralized interim storage facility for the long-term storage of spent nuclear fuel. How will the department then mitigate against potential storage shortage for nuclear waste material and spent nuclear fuel? Also, Chair, is the current storage capacity sustainable in light of the government's plan, in light, in light of the government's plans to extend the life of Kuber to 2045 and any additional nuclear reactor that may be built in coming years? Lastly, Chair, Failure to, to ratify this amendment, uh, this amended CPPNM, can be limiting as the suppliers of nuclear material may decide to do business with only state parties to the amended CPPNM, which will affect diversification of energy sources as envisaged in the IRP. Given that the economic reconstruction and recovery plan stresses the importance of industrialization, through localization. What is the department doing in terms of, redu of reducing South Africa's reliance on imported raw materials and equipment to run the current nuclear installations? I thank you, Chair. Um, thank you, Chair. I'm just gonna request to switch off my video. Uh, for network purposes. Um, I also would want to, to welcome the report. Um, I think some of the questions have been covered, but I also just wanted to perhaps um, say that we had or I had um, expected the report to go into detail um, in terms of the amendments um, that we're supposed to be speaking about today. Um, but I think the response that we're getting is that there are NX chairs and there is some reference, but we thought that you would go into detail in terms of what those amendments were and what the implications were. Um, I think also on the issue of um, nuclear energy as well, I'm not sure if it was covered in the report, but I do not remember saying it, um, but it's on the issue of who um, would um, incur um, the costs of um, 
number one, cleaning up in the event that there's an accident or in the event that there's a spillage of nuclear waste um, and who would be responsible for waste um, disposal as well. Um, and I am asking this because I think that there was a, a report that was tabled around um, August 2019 in the International Economic um, Energy Agency, um, wherein the then Department of, Ed of Energy um, and also the National Nuclear Regulator um, had indicated that um, financial provisioning for decommissioning um, of um, <coughs> nuclear products um, continues to be accumulated on a monthly basis um, since um, 1984. Uh, but it was then also later found out that there isn't really any money that has been set aside um, to, to pay off um, those, um, those costs. Um, and <clears throat> there was supposed to also, there had been a, a proposed um, radioactive waste disposal fund in around 2008, um, which was also supposed to assist. And until around 2019, there was still nothing uh, or no report. Perhaps can we be getting a report in terms of whether there is money that has been set aside um, to make sure that um, the cost of um, nuclear plant decommissioning um, is not on the shoulders of the taxpayer or the citizens. Uh, because sometimes what happens in most cases is that we foresee um, the cost implications of some of the things that we undertake um, as entities or as the department. We do not put money aside. And then after a while, we apply for bailouts, which therefore means that the costs that we knew on time would be incurred, we put them on the shoulders of taxpayers. So um, what are there any, um, is there any fund that has been um, set aside or any fund that has been established? Um, and has there been any money that has been put aside to make sure that in terms of waste disposal and also in terms of decommissioning our nuclear products, um, that our cost does not lie on the state or on the taxpayers, but there's money that is set aside. Um, thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable uh, Mr. Mbambo and your team. Uh, thank, you, thank you very much, Chairperson uh, uh, and uh, the, the honourable members for a comprehensive list of questions. I will uh, uh, respond and then uh, the team also would uh, make input as well when necessary. Then uh, the first question it was raised by the honourable member Mayland the reasons for the delay of bringing this uh, amended convention to parliament, uh, noting that uh, it, 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 it entered into force in 2016. Uh, Honorable member Mailem and the committee members, the department uh, started with the process uh, in 2018 of uh, recommending the 
uh, approval of this uh, amended convention by parliament. Uh, on the 23rd of May, 2018, uh, the department presented uh, the amendments to cabinet and the cabinet uh, uh, approved that uh, the amended convention be tabled in parliament in terms of uh, section uh, 231 subsection 2. And then on the 20th of November, uh, 2018, the department uh, presented the amendment to the Portfolio Committee on Energy. And uh, the Portfolio Committee on Energy uh, supported the amendment. And then it was then taken through parliamentary processes to parliament for uh, uh, ratification. But then what we've noted is that that uh, tabling at the level of parliament was not concluded by the fifth parliament. And therefore it had to be uh, presented to the sixth parliament to conclude the ratification process. So, so there has been uh, a work that the department uh, done to make sure that the amendment were ratified by parliament. It was only a matter of uh, the parliamentary processes that have to uh, make sure that it's finally uh, get uh, ratified. So that was a reason. Then uh, the honorable member Miller also raised an issue about the state of readiness to make uh, the, the, the relevant amendments to accommodate the, 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 the amendments of the uh, convention to our domestic legislation. I think it's very important just to indicate that uh, at this stage, the, the, the amendments to the uh, amended convention are not yet binding to South Africa until such time that they have been approved by parliament. And that is the reason that we're uh, presenting the amendment to parliament for consideration and uh, acceptance for ratification. However, South Africa is a, a member to the original uh, convention. And in terms of our legislation, the South Africa is compliant in terms of the obligations that arises out of uh, the original convention. And in terms of the amendments now that have come through, then we've identified the relevant legislation that uh, will be uh, uh, amended in terms of the, the requirements of the constitution and making sure that we fully complied with the, 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 the new amendments. Also, the department has already, in terms of the existing laws, uh, drafted regulations for the physical protection of nuclear material, which have already been uh, uh, consulted uh, with the public. And uh, the department is at the stage now where it is addressing the comments of the public on the regulations on physical protection of nuclear material. 
So in as far as the, 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 the state of readiness is concerned, we believe that the current legislation that we've uh, dealt with already addresses parts of some of the areas that are uh, addressed by the amendment of the convention. Then on the issue of the, 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 the questions raised by the honorable uh, member Malinga, yes, uh, we would like to apologize that there has been technical challenges in sharing the presentation by the department team. The issue of the, 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 the apology of the director general, we also would like to apologize that it was not uh, uh, reported uh, early when the apologies were requested. But uh, we uh, understand that uh, DDG Kamed is the acting DG uh, during this time while the DG is on leave. And the DDG Kamed is in the platform uh, in the meeting here. Then uh, the honorable member raised the issue of how will the department uh, work to retain the nuclear professionals and the experts that are, are leaving the country into other uh, areas where they find uh, jobs in the nuclear sector. I think it's important that we need to recognize that the nuclear sector is quite a highly competitive sector and highly specialized with professionals who are sought after for their skills by various uh, uh, companies that uh, see that South Africa has a highly uh, skilled workforce. And we, we can confirm to the committee that yes, South Africa has got the well-renowned and the well-trained nuclear professionals who are applying their trade within South Africa in our nuclear facilities, Quebec, for instance, and the, the, the safari reactor at NEXA, uh, as well as others who have been uh, able to apply their trades globally. And we believe this is a strength. And the world is looking upon us as South Africa that produces highly qualified uh, nuclear professionals. That is a, a, a positive for our country. Uh, it, the, the negative to that is that we have to put up mechanisms in South Africa to ensure that we retain our nuclear professionals. We must develop a succession plan to make sure that the nuclear professionals that are there are able to impart their knowledge to other nuclear professionals so that we've got a consistent pipeline of highly skilled nuclear professionals that operate our nuclear power plants. And as part of the preparations for the nuclear nuclear, the department is developing a skills development in the training program that needs to ensure that we sustain our level of highly skilled nuclear professionals. Then also the honorary member asked what is the department doing to reduce the reliance on the import of raw material. A very important point, and the, the policy of South Africa for nuclear for 2008 require that as a country we need to be self-sufficient 
in all the nuclear value chain for peaceful use of nuclear material. And as part of that exercise, as we are preparing for the nuclear new build, the department is developing relevant strategies that seeks to position South Africa that we participate in all the value chain for nuclear fuel cycle for peaceful purposes. And already we have entities that have got, for instance, is a state uh, entity whose mandate is to ensure that we participate in, in doing the research and development in the uh, nuclear fuel cycle for peaceful purposes. Then also the honorable member raised an issue about the storage capacity of our uh, facilities for high level radioactive waste. I think it's important just to uh, assure the honorable member that in terms of the design of our South African nuclear facilities, these nuclear reactors are designed such that they can store all the waste that's generated on site during their operational lifespan. So the policy of government in as far as the high level radioactive waste is that all that radioactive waste is stored on site. But going forward, there is work that the government is undertaken to ensure that there is an interim storage facility that is off-site, uh, that is a project that is currently being implemented by National Radioactive Waste Disposal Institute, NRAD, and work is in progress to ensure that this particular uh, storage facility is operational by 2030. But I must also provide confidence to the honorable members that in terms of the low level and intermediate radioactive waste, this waste is safely stored at the Valport in the Springbok. There is a national radioactive waste repository site that has been designed to update safely the radioactive waste. I hope I have answered um, all the questions from the Honorable Member Inga. Then uh, the, there was a, a, a comment by Honorable Member Madokwe raising the point that the expectation was that uh, the department goes through the report uh, the, in detail for the members of the committee. We will take guidance in, in this one, but we had sought to put a presentation in a manner that uh, uh, extract the high-level key points in terms of what the, 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 the key amendments are of the, 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 the convention and what the implications are for South Africa. And we, we had sought to go in quite detail to indicate what is the strategic importance of these amendments uh, to South Africa, and also pointing out specific risks that we are advising the committee that if we are not uh, as South Africa ratifying these amendments, they pose the risk for our uh, uh, security of energy supply, and we identify what those risks are, and we recommend that uh, to the committee that it is important that as South Africa we ratify this uh, 
uh, amended convention. And we've highlighted the importance into the global uh, uh, nuclear security uh, space that uh, we are seeing that uh, nuclear supply uh, countries uh, have looked into this as a prerequisite that they want to be assured that South Africa is also a, a member of the amended convention so that when they trade with South Africa in terms of uh, uh, nuclear material, they are assured that South Africa is also complying to international standards in as far as the issues of physical protection of nuclear material. So we, we thought to provide that to the committee so that the committee can have an overview of the strategic importance of the amendments to the convention and why South Africa needs to consider ratifying uh, amendments. The, we can go into detail in the document uh, line by line, depending on the guidance of the committee, if that's uh, what the committee would uh, recommend we do. Uh, then uh, the issue of the res who's responsible for waste disposal in case there is an accident. Uh, our policy is such that uh, the radioactive waste is highly regulated in South Africa uh, by the National Nuclear Regulator Act and also by the National Radioactive Waste Disposal Institute uh, Act 53 of 2008. The responsibility for the safety of the nuclear uh, facility rests with the operator of the nuclear facility. The, 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 the regulator will then uh, enforce the regulations to ensure that uh, the operators of the nuclear facilities comply with the requirements of the uh, license to operate the nuclear facility. So they are responsible in that respect. Then uh, the Honorable Member Madoba also raised an issue about the report to the IEA about the cost of decommissioning and whether there is uh, money set aside for decommissioning. It is important to uh, highlight that in terms of the nuclear installation license that is issued by the National Nuclear Regulator to the operators of nuclear facilities such as ESCOM, NEXA, the NRAD, there is a, a license condition which requires that the operators must set aside the decommissioning fund. And the, 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 the operators are indeed uh, setting aside these decommissioning funds in terms of finding the relevant insurances to set aside these funds. So ESCOM has set aside this decommissioning fund as well as NEXA is also setting aside this decommissioning fund in line with the recommendations or the requirements of their nuclear installation licenses. Then also, whether there is a, a fund that is also uh, put in place to deal with this, uh, it's important just to uh, highlight to the committees that uh, the department is also uh, developing the fund bill that would be managed by the National Radioactive Disposal Institute 
to manage the, the, the funds that will be required to undertake uh, projects for the high level radioactive waste uh, and uh, for long term operations. And in as far as this fund is concerned, it is important just to inform the committee that recently cabinet has approved that the fund bill be published for public comment, uh, after which then it will be taken through the parliamentary process uh, after the department has received the public comments on the fund bill, whose purpose will be to ensure that we've got sufficient processes that would manage the funding of the radioactive waste going forward. I would like to end the honorable uh, chair and ask if uh, the team that uh, is in the platform, Chief Director Monale and uh, Dr. Mahampa, if they've got more points to add, if I have missed some of the comments from the members of the committee. With your, with your approval, Chair. Yes, Chief Director Monale. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Mr. Mr. Mbambo, all protocol observed. I think I'll just add on the issue regarding um, the issue that we are not retaining our skills, that we have situations whereby our experts are leaving the country. And I think uh, Mr. Mbambo has uh, answered it well. I also just want to add that uh, in terms of that, uh, the International Atomic Energy Agency and South Africa have an integrated nuclear security support plan. In this plan, that's when we put in the training requirements such that we ensure that we keep our workforce well informed or keeping them um, well aware of what is happening in the industry and ensuring that their skills are always uh, uh, upgraded. So in terms of that program, we are also ensuring that even if we might be losing people, but you have to ensure that we have the relevant skills to address uh, matters related to uh, nuclear security as well as the nuclear technology. And then also in terms of uh, security, just to indicate that uh, uh, the department is working together with uh, the state security agency to uh, deal with matters related to the threats that are facing the nuclear industry. Uh, so all our projects that we are dealing with uh, in the department related to uh, um, nuclear energy, we are working together with uh, SSA to ensure that um, the threats are well uh, identified and addressed accordingly. Thank you. Thank you, Chief Director Monale. Uh, Dr. Mahampa. Thank you, Mr. Mbambo. All protocol observed. I think uh, the two colleagues have covered all that needed to be addressed. But I will add by saying that as South Africa, we really need to look into uh, our reliance on important raw materials. I think that's the very, very critical area that we need to focus on. I think uh, our nuclear institutions are depending a lot on important raw materials. As a country, we must plan well going forward to ensure that we are self 
sufficient in that regard. Uh, that is the only contribution I will make, uh, Mr. Mbambo, at this stage. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Mahamba. Uh, Honorable uh, Chairperson, I request to return over to you. Thank you. Sorry, you will bear with me as I say I'm using the, the phone and the times when uh, there is a call coming in, it, it competes with the session I'm in. Uh, <clears throat> there is the answer, honorable members. Uh, honorable Mailem, I see your hand is up, and honorable Malinga, do you want to make follow up? Or is the old hand? Sorry, Chair, old hand. Okay. Chair, it was up, but I think I am, I am partly answered on the issues of IAEA because you remember South Africa is a dignitary to the Joint Convention on the safety of spent fuels management and on the safety of radio active waste management of the IAEA. But Chair, I, I just wanted to check with the department that given the above statement that I've just uh, alluded to, how will the department ensure that this intention is not in contravention of the joint, is not in contravention of the joint convention since nuclear waste will be stored on site at Kuberg and ESCOM as the utility responsible for generating waste will be tasked with managing it. Because I think um, I, I, I did not get the surname of the lady who spoke just after Babumbambo, that she, she spoke about uh, the skills that people are trained on how to deal with nuclear and, and all that. But training a person and, and, and dealing with, with nuclear is, is two different things. So my, my follow-up question, Chair, is based on that that ESCOM as a utility is irresponsible for waste, which will be, it will be tasked to manage it. ESCOM cannot even manage keeping the lights on in the country. Is the department certain about tasking ESCOM with that? Also, Chipperson, I think she, she, she also answered on the issue of, of security because in nuclear needs, needs to be protected, uh, even the, the plants that will be, uh, holding this nuclear against terrorists. I, 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 working with state security does not give me the sense that what are the measures in place? I know that security details sometimes they don't get to be publicized uh, to the public so that we, we don't get access uh, uh, easily to facilities that needs to be uh, nationally guarded by uh, state security. What measures does the department have in place? to safeguard the current nuclear installations, the current nuclear installations against exposure to theft that may result in terrorists gaining access to nuclear material. Uh, apart from the fact that they, they say they are working with the, the state agencies and state security. And currently, 
what what is the department busy with to ensure that a, a, a new a nuclear that is being installed it, it does not get into the wrong hands thank you very much Okay. Uh, any other follow-up? Okay, Bambu, you want to respond? Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson, and uh, thank you very much from the Honorable Member Malinga for a set of questions. I think I, I'd like to first uh, start with this question of the measures that the department put in place to deal with the current nuclear industry, our facilities. Uh, it's a very important question, Honorable Chair. Uh, in terms of the measures that the department is putting in place, in terms of the Nuclear Energy Act, uh, 46 of uh, 1999, the department issued the authorization to nuclear facilities to use nuclear material for peaceful purposes and trade with uh, a different uh, uh, companies. In fact, it's important just to inform the, col the, the committee that nuclear plays a very critical role into our economy. The department has uh, authorized about 274 companies that are trading with nuclear material in South Africa and uh, abroad, which contribute quite significantly into the economy of the country. And uh, as part of the measures that the department puts in place is that as the department conduct compliance assurance at the various uh, entities that have been issued with authorization. In other words, the department appoints inspectors that go into the nuclear companies on a quarterly basis and on a frequent basis as the need arises to go and inspect that the measures put in place by the different companies that have been authorized are compliant with the conditions of their authorizations, as well as in conducting its inspections the department inspect in accordance with the international uh, standards, the InfoSec 225, to make sure that all companies meet the International Atomic Energy Agency standard for physical protection of nuclear material. That's one part of the measure that the department does. And we rigorously uh, monitor these companies on a regular basis and we compile the reports that indicate the state of compliance of the nuclear companies with the nuclear uh, physical protection uh, standards in the country and the, the Nuclear Energy uh, Act of the country. And also important is that Department is the, the, the country is a member of the International Atomic Energy Agency. So the country is bound 
by the International Atomic Energy Agency obligations in as far as the non-proliferation treaty of uh, weapons of mass destruction. So the country is also a signed a safeguards agreement with the International Atomic Energy Agency. And the safeguards agreement uh, obliges the country to allow the, ins the, in the inspectors from the International Atomic Energy Agency to come into the country to conduct the safeguards assurance to make sure that the nuclear material in our nuclear facilities is used for peaceful purposes uh, that is providing the socioeconomic development in our country. And the, also the department, during the visit of the inspectors from the International Atomic Energy Agency, sent our local inspectors to go with the International Atomic Energy Agency inspectors to make sure that they verify that the material is used for peaceful purposes. And in our assessment over the time that uh, we are the member of this uh, international treaty, the, all the nuclear facilities have been compliant with uh, our international uh, obligations as well as our domestic laws in as far as compliance with the physical security and the peaceful use of nuclear material. Then uh, also, how will the department ensure the amendment of the CPPNM is not in contravention with the joint convention on the spent fuel uh, as well as waste management? Very important uh, point that uh, the Honorable Member Malina is raising. We are the signatory and the member of these two conventions. That is the Convention on Physical Protection of Nuclear Material, as well as the Convention of Joint Convention on uh, Spent Fuel, as well as Waste Management. And uh, to make sure that uh, these two conventions are not in conflict with each other in terms of the uh, the obligations that they impose to the country. We have checked this with the, the chief state law advisor uh, from DERCO, uh, chief state law advisor, international law, as well as the chief state law advisor, the Department of uh, Justice and Constitutional Development. And both these uh, departments have confirmed that uh, this particular amendments of the uh, Convention on Physical Protection of Nuclear Material are consistent with the domestic laws as well as the international law. So we are confident that there is no uh, conflict in terms of the one of the conventions contravening the other convention. Then the honorable member also raises a point to say, why do you entrust ESCOM with the responsibility uh, for uh, managing the radioactive waste. I think it's important just to highlight that the responsibility for ESCOM is as far as the ESCOM is required to ensure that it safely operates the Quebec nuclear power station and uh, look, make sure that it complies with the safety requirements 
for the radioactive waste while it is still on site. Once the responsibility of uh, the radioactive waste management moves off site, it is then the responsibility for National Radioactive Waste Disposal Institute, which is an institute mandated by the, 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 the law to ensure that the radioactive waste is managed safely uh, on a national basis. And uh, our assessment at this stage is that ESCOM is a very responsible nuclear operator. It has got highly qualified nuclear op uh, professionals that have operated the Quebec nuclear power station safely for more than 30 years. And it has been compliant with its license conditions as well as uh, international obligations uh, for South Africa. We are confident that ESCOM will continue to conduct its operation in a responsible and a safe manner as well as it has done in the past through its uh, experienced uh, operators. Similarly, we are confident to the ability of uh, MRADI to uh, manage the responsibility to manage the radioactive waste on a national basis and to continue uh, to uh, develop the central interim storage facility uh, that will ensure that we've got a central interim storage facility off-site. Uh, and also, uh, NRADI has been very responsible uh, operator that is responsible to manage the Valput radioactive waste disposal site that is situated uh, uh, in uh, Springbok. And also our uh, operator, NEXA, has been a very responsible uh, operator of the facility for NEXA for more than 50 years. Uh, and uh, our systems, uh, in as far as the management of radioactive waste, are robust. They are consistent and compliant with the international uh, standards. Our national nuclear regulator enforces the regulations nationally to ensure that the operators of nuclear facilities comply. And uh, as far as we are concerned, this has not been a, a problem in terms of these operators uh, complying with uh, their license conditions. I would like to pause here, uh, Honorable Chair, and also request if Chief Director Monale has any point to also amplify around the measures we're putting in place to deal with the current nuclear industry. Thank you. Chief Director Thank Monale. Thank you, Mr. Mbambo. I think we have covered them all. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Mahamba, if you've got any input. No, I think we have covered everything, Mr. Mbambo. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Mahamba. Uh, Honorable Chair, thank you very much. I would like to return over to you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mbambo. But uh, I think um, for me, the concern uh, is what also... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, one member, in fact, I think it's uh, Honorable Mailem and Honorable Malinga. It takes me to another question. 
which I think we must ask, are these uh, international commitments, including the ones that you are bringing in now, the only ones that you have? Do you know why I'm asking? Like you said, just recently, um, 2020, uh, no, 2019, no, I think 2020, uh, members can guide me, or 2019, you brought the same, and the committee responded. One would say, but that time you had already made the, the agreements um, from 2016. Now, my fear is that uh, we are dealing with something of 2016, which might happen that there is one of 2019 or 2020, uh, even 2021, yes, maybe 2021 might be too close. Because I think for me, in addition to what you were talking about, yes, we must look at what is in the best interest of our country um, and uh, South Africans in general. But at the same time, we must have some degrees of measure that we, we can behold or can be held uh, to certain standards. And, um, and I think those amendments seek to ensure that there is a body of fairness, but also there is an area of commitment that uh, there are certain standards that we measure ourselves against our counterparts uh, across the globe. Now, I'm, I'm someone who is, uh, um, I don't like to keep things hiding. Once you raise issues of this nature now, uh, when there is a crisis in the East, uh, perceptions may come and say, oh, hey, Andre, because there is a fire somewhere. Now we then remember, let's find a way also to commit ourselves to certain things that may have, I'm just saying, at a perceptional level, my appeal will be, try by all means that when some of the things come true, uh, in terms of our commitments, international commitments, let's try by all means to make them relevant at that point and at that moment, so that they don't get contaminated by other things or new developments that are taking place. I don't know, maybe you can help us just to fast track some of these things so that we deal with them not at a point where an assumption could be made that they might be sterile, there are new developments. Now there could be new amendments on top of what we have. I don't know whether you want to give us a, 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 a in your checklist, is this the only one that is present or in two years' time again, we may get something that we could have um, finalized now. You want to comment on that, Mr. Bam? It's, it's just a, a process matter for me. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. And you're raising a very important point. Whether is there any international obligations or convention that we the department will bring to the committee. Uh, I think it's important just to highlight that, yes, there is another one, but this is now uh, an agreement 
on the research and development on nuclear technology in the African region, AFRA, which has been amended. Uh, and the, the, the state parties in the African region have agreed on the amendment. And then we had uh, submitted this also in parliament for parliament to approve that uh, uh, amendment. It's only a, an African region treaty regarding the research and development on nuclear science and technology that the members uh, have agreed upon. It's, it's called an AFRA agreement. It's now in, in parliament, we will await to be advised when it's uh, taken through for discussion by the committee. That, that's the only one that is, is, is in the horizon at the moment. Then uh, the, 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 that's how I would indicate in terms of the expectation, whether is there any other international obligations that uh, the department plans to bring to the committee for discussion. Then uh, the, 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 the amendments, uh, as well as the, the issues, Chair, you have raised, that it may create uh, perceptions that uh, we are responding to the international developments. We would like to categorically indicate that the department is not responding to uh, international developments in regards to uh, requesting the amendments of this convention. The process started way back in 2018, uh, where this was presented to cabinet and cabinet approved that it be presented to uh, parliament in terms of section 231 subsection two. And the process uh, uh, was then uh, taken what it was presented in November, in November uh, 2018 to the Portfolio Committee on, Miner on, uh, on Energy, and it was taken forward to Parliament. The only uh, matter was then the, the programming for it to be taken through at that time in 2018, and then it was then deferred uh, by the fifth Parliament to the sixth Parliament. So we would like to assure the committee that it's not that we are responding to international developments, but we are proceeding with the process that had already been started long way back in 2018. Thank you very much, Chair. Okay, thank you, Mr. Bambo. Uh, we will go and sniff and find where it is in the corridors of uh, the National Assembly. I'm just saying sometimes it's good to deal with these things uh, if I had been alerted, I was going to find a way, but uh, uh, it means the, it's, it's up to us now um, to, to look at that. Uh, Ari Ayanda and uh, Mr. Maporta, please help us on, on that one so that uh, we can quickly dispense with some of those, uh, those, uh, those, those matters. Uh, on that note... Uh, Thank you, Mr. Mbambo and your team and uh, Ms. Kamete um, for your, your presentation. Uh, Ari, can we go now uh, to the minutes? We don't have any minutes to consider, Chair. We adopted we it have... last week. 
all those that were adopted last week who must okay. who must be in. That's honorable. Is that honorable, my lad? Yes, Chair. Chair, yeah. um, just a question. Um, so we've we've received this presentation. Do we not have to adopt a recommendation yeah. that it uh, oh, be? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, I made a quick. Thing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You are correct. Honorable you, member. I've raised my hand, Chair. Eh? I've raised my hand, Chair. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm not looking. Yes, Honorable Valmarans. Yes, I agree with you, Honorable Mylem. We have to to propose or recommend whether we, that uh, either we agree, we adopt the proposal and then it will be a recommendation. Honorable Valmarans. Thank, thank you very much, Chair. Um, um, and uh, good morning to members on the platform uh, as well as the, the presentations, Chair. In line with uh, what the Honorable Mylem has just um, um, asked, um, I had raised my hand in view of that, uh, having received the presentation and having looked at the, the recommendation and the discussions, um, we have uh, uh, noted uh, uh, the two notings that are there, that it has gone through all the processes, the legal advisors and so on. And ultimately the department is requesting us to consider us uh, supporting um, the report and its recommendation. And I therefore move for such um, uh, acceptance of uh, the report and its recommendations, Chair. Is there any second to the propose to the move? Chair, I second. Thank you very much, Honorable Malen. Is there any objection? Uh, in the light of that, it means the committee unanimously recommends the adoption of uh, the proposed amendment and uh, will be referred accordingly to the House. Uh, on that note, when I says we don't have minutes today, thank you very much, honorable members. I'm sure today you've got the shortest meeting. Go and prepare. Thank you very much. The meeting stands adjourned. Thank you, Chair. Chair, can you stay behind, please, and Ari and Steve? Malinga doesn't agree. He doesn't. He, she doesn't like these meetings after during the committee meeting. <laughs> <laughs> you must ask. A, you, you must ask for a permission from members. Uh, Malinga, can we sit? <laughs> Thank you very much, Chairperson. Okay. <laughs> Recording stopped.